spanning the Valley of the Sun and all across the 48th state. This is the Gatos and Chad Show. All right, welcome back, everybody. Alley Party, Barry Markson in for Gatos and Chad. Thanks for joining us here on KTAR. The recount is in. We had three races in Arizona that had to go to recount, automatically triggered uh, because those races were closer than one half of one percentage point. That included the Arizona Attorney General's race, why only uh, 511 votes separated the two candidates. Joining us right now to discuss the recount and what we've what we learned uh, is incoming Secretary of State Adrian Fontes. And uh, thanks for joining us. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. So th- this is an interesting day. We don't normally have very many recounts in Arizona. The legislature this this year, 2022, changed the law, uh, making it uh, easier uh, to get an automatic recount. We're going to see more of them now. Uh, all 15 counties had a count had a recount. Uh, they did that, and the results were released today. The results stayed the same. Generally, the winners are still the winners, and they'll be seated. Um, but, Mr. Fontes, let me just ask you, we had over 600 new ballots counted in this recount, the vast majority of them coming out of Pinal County. They're telling us the, it was human error. Uh, is that normal in, in, in this in the election business? Is that a lot? Uh, tell us what, what we should think here. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at some of these numbers here. Maricopa had five. Uh, Mojave County had oh, one more for Hamaday, one more for uh, Mays. You know, the single-digit differences are not unusual, but it is absolutely, uh, it's really problematic to see the number of ballots in Pinal County that were not tabulated. But look, here's the reason why. The folks down in Pinal County, particularly the Board of Supervisors uh, and their election director back a year ago, did not staff up. They did not fund up. They did not train and prepare for what they knew was going to happen. And and we we saw the big issues that happened in Pinal County uh, in August. And we saw sort of this so entirely new set of leadership come in. Uh, They did not have election administration experience uh, to a great degree. Now, a former recorder, Virginia Ross, did step in. She did yeoman's work. Can't blame her directly. But the bottom line is this. If we're not funding, training, and staffing these departments, we're going to have these kinds of problems. And I will tell you, if you've got a county the size of Pinal that has more than single-digit worth of variance when they do a recount, you've got a problem. And these are the exacting systems that we built, for example, in Maricopa County. We had millions of ballots in Maricopa, and it was only five votes more for each of the candidates. Given the size of that county, that's barely within the acceptable range. But for Pinal County to be where they're at right now, they, they, they got some uh, they got some work to do. So, Mr. Fontes, you talked about some of these ways that there are answers to fixing some of these issues. So in your new capacity as the secretary of state, what can you do about this? Well, what, what I can do is uh, raise the clarion call. Look, we've lost an enormous number of election administrators, and they take with them decades and decades of experience uh, that have put us in a pretty precarious situation. And these numbers in Pinal County, while we know they don't change the results, um, they're disturbing just because of the nature of of the size of those numbers. What we've done is we've taken what ought to be uh, just a relatively mundane set of work, and we've made it controversial for one person's political purposes. And that controversy has created threats that has driven away election workers across the United States of America. The Brennan Center uh, put out a study 
last uh, earlier this year that talks about one in six election workers receiving threats. And we've lost county recorders, not just in Pinal County, Yavapai County, Yuma County, the chief deputy in Pima County. Wow. All these folks have a lot of experience. Yeah. We are cannibalizing our own elections because of the big lie. They need more funding. They've always needed more funding. They need better training. They've always needed better training. But it's the indifference that folks have to elections before the big lie that leads up to this. Now it's added to it. Uh, and, and, and so what, what I'd have to do now as Secretary of State is convince the legislature to make sure that county governments have the support that they need so that they can have solid check-in systems, so that they can have redundancies, so that they can have post-election uh, 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 audits on the inside, so that they can make sure to uh, reconcile these numbers before they even make their canvases so that they don't have these errors. This is a, this is a really bad showing, uh, particularly in Pinal County, and some of the other ones don't look so great either. Adrian Fontes is joining us on KTAR, the incoming Secretary of State of Arizona. Um, and it, you, know, you just said that it's a bad showing. It's a bad look. I mean, we have a lot of people who are already questioning uh, the integrity of our edu- of our elections, the security of them. This this does this just plays into that. Um, how can people feel comfortable and confident that now that we've had the recount, everything's been counted and the right people won? Well, the the, the recount does exactly what ought to be happening. Um, and, and I think has happened in a lot of counties ahead of time. Look, let's be real. Not every county had any changes at all. Right. And most of our counties only had single-digit changes. So all in all, we've got really good election systems. We've got a couple of anomalies uh, that I've seen. Uh, those are isolated incidences. And they're not any of the counties, if you recall, that were part of the big lie, the big conspiracy, the big you know nonsense that has stemmed from 2020. So I, I, I think the, the noise... Uh, from the MAGA fascist side uh, is is just noise. And we can see that in where these problems have, have emerged. But the traditional problem that we have of underfunding vital government uh, services, undertraining folks, and undercompensating them so that we end up not with the best trained and best prepared professionals uh, in these jobs, we've got to pay more attention to these. If, in fact... Those MAGA fascists care about elections. They need to start paying for election administration. They need to start paying to upgrade systems. They need to start making sure that the counties have the resources they need. Otherwise, they really don't care. They're just making political noise. So I'm looking forward to working with these folks to make sure we properly fund this portion of our government. Does the state government fund the county election? I mean, the counties run these elections. Does the state government fund them or does it is it the counties that fund them out of their general fund? Well, the jurisdictions pay for their elections. So, for example, if there's a school district race on a ballot, the school district uh, funds part of that ballot. Municipalities do the same. State government, federal government, a lot of those uh, uh, fundings uh, for congressional races, uh, those will come from the state of Arizona. So statewide races, legislative races. So if you're a county election department, you're really billing all of these other little bits and pieces of the rest of our government for running the election. Now, it's the counties that run the elections, uh, and it's a little bit complicated, but, you know, if a municipality doesn't have a set of candidates on the ballot, there's no reason for them to be paying for it. Adrian Fonte is with us. Does the Secretary of State's office have any sort of investigative power uh, into what happened in the Pinal County, or is that something left to the county attorney? 
I'm, I'm not, well, I'm not saying, I'm not saying it's, yeah. I'm not saying it's criminal, by the way, but I'm just saying, does, does the Secretary of State's office, do you have the staff? Is it set up where the Secretary of State's office does an investigation or is it a different body that well, does it? Well, look, here's here's how this works. The Secretary of State is not the chief administrator of elections. Right. But the Secretary of State is the chief regulator of elections. And we have when we have these kinds of issues, uh, we've got to look into it. I've already directed uh, some of my incoming staff uh, to make sure that we do basically an eaves report for the entire state of Arizona. How many folks do you have on your team? What does your team look like? What does the equipment look like? We want to make sure that we know every single bit of information about all of our election systems in Arizona so that we can look at the data and make data-driven decisions about how to improve these systems. We're not going to fly by the seat of our pants and listen to, oh, we want to be more like Florida or we want to be more like, (laughs) no. We're going to look at the data. We're going to find out where the holes are. We're going to go to the legislature. We're going to ask them to do the right thing. Then we're going to get the training done. We're going to get that support out there into the counties because this is a critical function of our government. And we've got to have serious people making serious decisions so that we can have confidence in our elections again. Adrian Fontes, he's the incoming secretary of state here in Arizona. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. That was great information. Thank you. And congratulations uh, and uh, congratulations on your inauguration. Yeah, it'll be fun next week for you. Right on. Thank you so much. All right. There you have it. Adrian Fontes with us. Uh, Great information on the recount today. And we're going to continue to talk about that uh, as the day goes on. Allie Party and Barry Marks at Infragatos and Chad. Becky Lynn's here. She's going to give you a news update. And then on the other side, have you had a situation uh, where your neighbor, his kid, or you saw something that you feel like you should tell somebody, but you don't want to be that tattletale person? We'll talk about that next. It's KTAR. Arizona's news station, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. The Gatos and Chad Show, 2 till 6. All right, welcome back, everybody. Barry Markson, Ali Party with you today and for Gatos and Chad. And, uh, man, that was a great interview with Adrian Fontes. And you can hear that on KTAR on the podcast page. Uh, under Gatos and Chad. We'll have that up for you in a little bit later on today. Really great information about the recount. Hey, uh, this this is fascinating to me. There was a, a thing I saw where it was a neighbor. Uh, this was reported. A neighbor uh, saw one of his uh, or her neighbor's uh, kid, a, a, you know, middle schooler, um, vaping. And and this is the thing that happened. I, mean, I remember when my kids were the, that age, and all mm-hmm. of a sudden, uh, you start at sixth, sixth grade, seventh grade, and the, the some friends of our son were caught in the bathroom vaping at school. And it's just, you know, it's like a flavored stuff, and you don't want the kids doing it. But yeah. um, it, it was the thing then. You know, it's kids experimenting, trying different stuff. It wasn't heavy drugs or anything. But And this person was asking, should I tell the parents? You know, do I, in essence, rat out the kid? Do my yeah. tattletale, do I rat out the kid? And it's an interesting question, and and where where is it, where that line is? And I've had I've had things like that in my life over the course of years where mm-hmm. you learn something, you want to tell your friend. You know, it's the old it's, it's the old thing. If your if your friend you find out, uh, Ali, you find out your friend's husband is cheating on her. Mm-hmm. Do you tell the friend, or do you just not say anything? What what do you do? Hell yeah, you tell her. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Becky Lynn's it's, nodding along in there. It's yeah. an ethical dilemma that you look at yourself in the mirror and yeah. you say, "I am going to mind my own business." To a certain extent, but at what point do I know that my morals or character is going to be compromised over something? And I will say that if that were me and I was faced with that question, I probably would be telling her. You're talking about the telling the wife about the cheating husband. Oh, yeah. And can't you, I mean, I know we were talking about um, vaping and kids, 
But if you were the wife of the cheating husband and exactly. you were a good enough friend and then you're eventually going to find out, wouldn't you look at, at your friend and go, why do you knew and you didn't yeah. tell exactly. me? Yeah. Well, and so. it depends on how good a friend you are, right? Exactly. I mean, there's a Correct. lot of things that go into that. You know, we had a thing several years ago. My wife and I were a very good friend of ours was dating this guy and she was, they, she thought they were, and they, they were really getting close. Like she was, they were exclusive and they, she was really into the relationship very seriously. And he worked with another friend of ours, totally unrelated. Our friend, the friends didn't know each other. Tangled web we weave. <laughs> and, and we found out that the friend was cheating on her. And, but our friends, you know, didn't, if, but if we said something to the friend who was being cheated on, it would get back to our other friend who we worked with and would have negative ramifications for him at work that he shared that with us. So we, we balanced, we tried to balance that for a while. And then we ended up, and my wife called her friend who, that's how we got the information and said, can we tell her? We feel really yeah. bad about this. This is awkward. She really thinks things are different. And the wife gave the okay. We did it. And then our friends who, where we got the information from stopped talking to us. Even though the wife gave the okay, her husband didn't give oh. the okay. So she, the wife threw us under the bus rather than tell the husband that she, she gave the okay. Well, but but the question is, we did the we think we did the yeah, right thing. It's one of those right things thing. where and, again, can you sleep at night knowing right. that your friend thinks she's in this great right. exclusive relationship? Meanwhile, you know that there's something else going but, on. But it's that thing of where is it? Where is it your business? Right? I mean, where is it? Where do you say, hey, that's none of your business? And the kid vaping is kind of an interesting thing because it's not. You, you don't know what the kid's vaping necessarily, but let's assume it's just those little flavored stuff. It's not good. You don't want the kid doing it. I, yeah. I get that. But do you really want to be the neighborhood tattletale? Is it your place to say that if it's not something that serious? It depend- I, don't know. I, yeah. I think, again, it would depend on who the kid is yeah. and how close you are to the parent. You might try, if the kid knows you pretty well, threatening yeah. them within an inch of their life. <laughs> yeah. If I ever see you do this again. Yeah. I'll call your mom so fast. Call your mother before yeah. you even have yeah. time to throw that thing in the trash can. I think I would tell the parents. I, I really do. I think I, I think I would just mention to them, and, and hopefully in a way where it's not. Look, this isn't the end of the world, but you should yeah. know. Um, Maybe you could even do something like you know you're having a conversation. Um, you know, I've been hearing there's a lot of kids doing this vape. This is stuff, the new thing, and it's a new thing. Yeah. And I'm really worried. How about you? Wink, you know, like, (laughs) and then you didn't tell, you just suggested maybe they take a closer Because it's not like you're trying to be like, hey, over there, I'm trying to parent your kid. You need to keep a better eye on them. You're you're coming at it from a very genuine place that you're trying to help them out, but you also don't want to blow something out of proportion at the same time. If if you're telling your friend, going back to where someone's cheating on your friend. There's a whole difference between a kid vaping, cotton candy flavored something, I don't know. And the the vapes... Honestly, though, the vapes are getting a whole They're lot more dangerous. They're getting a lot more yeah. aggressive. No, it, I think yeah. it used to be some kind of flavored, juicy yeah. stuff, and now it's flavored something that's a whole lot more perfect. Yeah. No, no, I agree. When kids are involved, I think I'm more inclined to say, yeah, I'm going to say something because I don't want yeah. something bad to happen to your kid. Uh, but do you ever worry about if you tell your friend your husband is cheating on you, your boyfriend is cheating on you, and they stay together, that now that friend's mad at you? Is there any concern about the backlash of you're the one who tried to share the bad news? Yeah, uh, I mean, I guess, but at the same time, I guess I'm going to come at it from the position that it's like, have some self-respect, you know, like yeah. w- stand up for yourself. And if you're going to stay together, well, what's going to change and all that type of mm-hmm. stuff. But and if they choose not- to dump you as a friend, that's yeah, what are you going to do about that? Yeah, yeah you know? it's like the worst case scenario is that you tried to be a good friend. Yes. Is exactly. that, you know, you, you, try to you do can the right work thing. things out. I'm not yeah. saying that that's not possible, but at the same time, we also need to get over that bridge and get through that. Of course, if they stay together, 
the wife is going to eventually tell the husband who told yeah. her. Correct. And then you're, you know, so. It's complicated. It's never, it's would, never that easy. I would easy. still tell. I would and tell. And that if is it was why important. you live a good life. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't put your friends in this kind yeah. of situation. There you go. The moral of the story. All right. That's Allie. That's Allie Party. I'm Barry Marks at Infragatos and Chad. And of course, Becky Lynn. Uh, she's standing by in the KTR News Center. We're going to come back. We're going to hold up the headlines. Stay with us. Arizona's news station. News station. KTAR. On air. 92.3 FM. Online at KTAR.com. And streaming live on the KTAR News app. Your breaking news and traffic. Now. It is 3.31. I'm Becky Lynn. And here is our top story. Arizona votes. The results from the automatic recount have been released now, and the results read by Maricopa County Superior Court Judge Timothy Thomason confirmed Democratic candidate for Attorney General Chris Mays as the winner. Chris Mays, 1,254,809. Abe Hamada, 1,254,529. Mays' lead shrunk from 511 votes to 280. The recount also reconfirmed Republican Tom Horn will be Arizona's next superintendent of public instruction. Now, most of the discrepancy of votes came from Pinal County. In a statement, the county attributes the undercount to human error. Adding upon continuing investigation, the election department and county attorney's office will report any further findings and recommendations to the Board of Supervisors, most likely in February. Holding up the headlines. Becky Lynn reads the news while Gatos and Chad interrupt and react to the day's top stories. I do want to point out, Becky Lynn, that I we've been doing this every day and I've messed it up a different Absolutely. way every, every day. single day. Every day I mess it up in a different way. <laughs> I'm, I'm keeping count so we can, you'll learn one day, Barry. It's honestly impressive. One day said, you'll get it down. I said to Allie, I've been messing it up a different way every day, but I've got it down now and then I messed it up again. Well, that was exciting. Very confident. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the recount just happened. Um, the Very interesting in Arizona now, because of the lower threshold, we had three Three recounts uh, this election cycle, which is unusual. Uh, all of them, the the winners stayed the winners, uh, and, and, and the biggest one, Chris Mays, of course, will be the attorney general. Uh, but what we found was about six hundred, over six hundred ballots uh, that had not been counted. The majority of them in Pinal County. We heard Adrian Fontes just a moment ago uh, saying how that's not acceptable, uh, and he's going to look into that as Secretary of State. And really, we all need to be working on on that and making sure funding is there. Uh, but the the important thing is that's why you do the recount, right? Correct. It's a second look at it. You count Catch those errors. We make sure every vote is counted. That's what happened in Arizona. So what is that human error? What does it mean? What does it look like? Yeah. Like, can they paint a picture? Like, obviously, we know there's always going to be some type of slight margin of error. But to have that big of a difference, while everyone wants to, you know, breathe conspiracy theories, we need to talk about clean and fair elections. So how do we paint yeah. that picture that this isn't a big deal? Yeah, this I mean, was this was OK. It, it may, look, was it criminal? Was it somebody doing this on purpose? Uh, maybe. But if that's the case, why didn't they do more so that Abe Hamaday so, would have won? Uh, but, but the other <laughs> the other side of it is uh, it might just be somebody makes a mistake. Sometimes people make mistakes. We all do. And that may have been what happened here. We're holding up the headlines. The holidays have been a disaster for many travelers, and it's not over yet. We continue to see piles of luggage and flyers without a plane. KTAR's Colton Krolak is live in the news center to tell you what you can do if you've been affected. 
If you're one of those stuck without a flight, you're not necessarily out of luck. Consumer watchdog Teresa Murray with the Public Interest Research Group says airlines will try to talk you into accepting a travel voucher, but you're entitled to more. People are illegally um, entitled to a full refund, full ticket price, baggage fees, taxes, all of it. She says airlines are not required to pay for hotels or food, but it's a good idea to ask. Southwest says they will reimburse reasonable requests for meals, hotel, and transportation. Go to southwest.com slash travel disruption to file a claim. Live in the News Center, Colton Krolak, KTAR News. Yeah, this is uh, Southwest is a mess. There's it's no question. And by the way, if you're somehow affected by this, you just heard Colton say that. Don't don't take a voucher. You no. don't have to take a voucher. You get a full refund. You get all your money back. I'd even ask for that when you pay the extra fifteen or twenty bucks to board sooner. To make sure you get that money back. They never refund that. You may I tell as well. Them, yeah. And and you know what? This is one of those times. I have a friend. I don't know if you guys have. I have one friend who's so good at getting free stuff when a company does something wrong. He complains in such a way that he gets stuff. I think they call those Karens. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's a Karen. I can go with that. But he's very good at it. It's, I mean, we joke about it, but it's ridiculous. But you want that. You want to be that person now. You, you should get something in addition to just reimbursed. I'm not going to lie. I, I have Karen tendencies. And if I were to be impacted by this Southwest yeah. nightmare right now, you can guarantee that I would be nickel and diming them for my hotel, my yeah. rental car, my food, my whatever, everything you can get out of this because this is major. Yeah, this was so inconvenient for so many people. They, they should pay and they say they're going to. We'll see. We're holding up the headlines. All right. We're going to talk about New Year's Eve just a little bit. If the crowd that gathers in New York City's Times Square on New Year's Eve is half as excited as the team doing the confetti practice today, then it's going to be a good time. The practice heaps of confetti were tossed around at 45th Street. They were floating everywhere, setting the mood for the festivities to come. Three, two, one. Happy New Year. Whoa! And it's a great day for confetti. Look at that confetti. <laughs> <laughs> so this pumped is up. Only a wow. test. Three thousand pounds of colorful paper are going to be raining down on the city streets on Saturday night when we ring in 2023. And here's something kind of interesting: on some of those slips of confetti, there'll be hopes and dreams for the new year written, submitted to the New Year's Eve wishing wall. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Nice. A new wishing wall. Yeah, All right. They're going to practice dropping the ball tomorrow. Well, it, really? Yeah. They're I, really, really honing in on those details. I don't think I realized they rehearsed all this stuff yeah. so much. That's yeah. interesting. Uh, you know, I love New Year's Eve. We have a New Year's Eve party most years we're having one this year. I'm sorry none of you were invited. Yeah, thanks but it's, for the it's, invite. It's very small. We always, I always do the same thing. It's just our neighbors. It's a bunch of neighbors because I say if you can't stumble home, you can't come. That's oh, that's, that's our whole fair. deal. Um, but I will say we love New Year's Eve. And we have some friends who stay late. When we were younger, we used to stay. We'd be up till 4 o'clock in the morning oh, um, and then I'd no go do and then I'd go do a radio show at seven <laughs> but it's a but I will tell you now uh, we have some people coming over and they're already saying we're leaving at 10 when it's when it's New Year's Eve on the East Coast we're done yeah no I think that's fair I mean I've got <laughs> I've got really really hot New Year's Eve plans that I'm staying home with my dog, hunkering down, making sure that she is not scared to death of the fireworks. I'm going to uh, soundproof the house. Yeah. And we're just going to chill. Maybe I'll open a little bottle of rosé, get a little crazy. But yeah, it, nothing That's too it. crazy. All right. We're holding <laughs> up the headlines. about that. Yeah. Okay. One more New Year's Eve story. I think you're going to like right. this one. You can expect more police on the roadways nationwide as officials crack down on impaired driving during the New Year's Eve weekend. There's a restaurant on Florida's Treasure Coast that's making 
breathalyzers available for its customers. And they're actually oh. going to do this even past the holidays. The general manager at Archie Seabreeze in Fort Pierce, Florida, says employees also will call an Uber for any impaired individuals. And 90% of the time, the people will allow that to happen. Patron Lori Sentis and her husband say they dine there at Archie's pretty often. As a nurse, seeing people come in after alcohol-related accidents, it really makes a huge difference. I mean, you can take the breathalyzer, but you also have to take your own uh, self into consideration. But having the option of the Uber being provided by the restaurant, fabulous. And Lieutenant Brian McNaught of the Fort Pierce, Florida Police Office says the restaurant owners have received the police chief's award for community service for this. I, I think it's great. Yeah. It's, it's a, alcohol can be so dangerous and if, like, if you're, anytime you're out drinking, there's so many options now. Get a ride home. It, it's just not worth it. Yeah. Uh, but I think that's fantastic. They do that outside the, uh, the I, Phoenix Open. I was going to say that. I've seen that before. You know, God forbid, I would never do that. But I'm walking <laughs> out of the waste management and yep. they're offering the breathalyzers and they're showing people you know, you think you had two drinks. God forbid. That never happens at waste management when you got your wristband and two right. drinks is like within one meal, if that. But you walk out of there and it's crazy. I mean, you see yeah. people stumbling, but to this this restaurant, you're saying they're also providing Ubers. Yeah, if, if that's somebody ins- that's blows, crazy. blows the number, that's it's like, good. we'll call you an Uber. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, there no, needs to be more of that. There is. And, you know, taxi companies in Phoenix, I think, give free rides on New Year's Eve. There's a lot of mm-hmm. options out there. They used to have the tipsy toe with yes. Triple right. I don't yep. know if they still yep. do that. So find, that's, find a way home. Don't. Yeah. It's, not, it's just not worth it. Why? You don't want to hurt somebody or hurt yourself. or, or Even if you just get no. pulled yeah. over, you don't want that either. Mm-mm. We're holding yeah. up the headline. All right. Thanks, Becky Lynn. And uh, next tomorrow, I'm going to get it right. I'm going to get that right tomorrow. I promise. Well, um, actually, <laughs> I'm going to work uh, early oh, tomorrow. No. Oh, no. <laughs> so you somebody, lost your chance. You'll have somebody else to mess it up I'll, with. Oh. I'm going to nail it tomorrow. It's going to be Kevin Christopher tomorrow. Oh, okay. Well, Kevin and I are just, we're just like peas in a pod. It's going to be phenomenal. <laughs> Can't well, wait. Thanks, Becky Lynn. Boy, that's, uh, you know, the breathalyzer thing. Have you ever done it? Have you blown the breathalyzer outside of the open? Correct. And yes, you, and, I have. And what do you mind me asking? Was it, did it surprise you how high or low it was? Um, it did surprise me that it was over the legal limit. And I will say that I, one, I was not driving, you know, I go to the waste management with my father, so he would always be driving, but it's crazy. You don't think that you, I mean, again, what are you drinking when you're out there? It's vodka Red Bulls or whatever they provide at their tents, which is terrifying in itself. But (laughs) I was like, I, I, maybe I didn't need enough. I don't know. It's, it's crazy to think about. And it, it's humbling. It adds up sobering. Yeah. You know, you you're saying you you didn't feel no anything, yeah. but all of a sudden the breathalyzer said, "Oh, yeah. yes, you are." Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. scary. That's yeah. that's where you, that's where you got to be super. Well, careful. and it's one of those things where it's like you. It doesn't matter how much you drink. You just don't drink and drive. That's it was yeah. it was ingrained in me that's, from such a young age yep. where it's like it just doesn't make sense. It's it's not safe. And so and not only is it you could be fine even if you have two drinks, but you get in an accident because of yeah. someone else, you still have alcohol in your system. Yeah, no, it's it's not a good thing. And it is I gotta say for younger people and my kids are a little bit younger than you and in college and they, their mindset is they don't even consider it. It's you know, I always say don't don't you know, nobody driving if you're drinking, they're like, Of course, it's not even a question of Well, them. and I think and, we grew up in this Uber. Yeah, generation where... Yeah, that was definitely different than when I was growing up, that's for sure. All right, coming up, a little more news. We'll have that for you right now. And then on the other side, uh, we'll talk about the airline stuff in a little bit of a funner way. Do you recline or not recline? That's next. It's KTAR. Arizona's news station, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. Drive home with the Gatos and Chad Show. 
right, welcome back, everybody. Allie Party, Barry Markson with it in for Gatos and Chad. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, coming up at 4.30, Stephen Risher is going to join us, the Maricopa County Recorder. We're going to talk about that recount today and some of this election stuff. Uh, and uh, But right now, I have to tell you, we were talking about Southwest and the whole mess, uh, but people are traveling more. Uh, we're now at numbers above um, uh, pre-COVID numbers, where the, tr- the amount of people flying. People are traveling yeah, again. We're, we're back. And, and Allie, it always gets me thinking uh, about uh, uh, etiquette rules, and we're going to do this a little more later as well, but uh, airline etiquette rules. But the thing that uh, I have this group of friends, and this came up a, a couple of years ago, uh, let me just ask you, do you recline? Do you recline your seat on a plane? Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. I want as much oh, space as I, I can. I like my you so much. My whole 5'3 body <laughs> needs as much space as I can. I like you so much, and now I don't. It's, it's a, For me, that is just, and you're such, I, I don't mean you personally, but it, it is just such a, it's such a rude thing to do to me when people then recline into me. Don't give me the button. Don't give me the option. <laughs> if the option is there, I'm going to use it. That's Well, I hear what you're saying. Becky Lynn, are you a recliner? Are, are you, do you? No. Nah, see, I never what? recline either. Uh, I didn't, know that, I didn't know that was a thing. Oh, it's, it's a Total big thing. thing. Yeah, because as soon as you recline and I've got my tray down, yes. it is now in my belly. I agree. I can't even stand and up. I think it's in her belly. Look at my belly. It's in there. Automatically, it's <laughs> going to be in my yeah, belly. It's no. not bad. It's, no, it's, it's, it's the worst. So I had a friend, uh, and this is how this came up. We, we got onto a plane together, and I actually, it was Southwest, and I saved him. He liked an aisle seat, so I saved him the seat in front of me. Well, that's and, also airport etiquette. Well, it, it, or, it was, yeah, you're right. I probably should have done that, but I did. I saved him a seat and he sits down and as soon as he's allowed to, he reclines, but he doesn't just recline. He slams that seat back. Okay. There's a so, difference between. So I thought, I thought he was kidding, right? I thought it's my friend. I think he's oh. kidding. And then he doesn't, he just leaves it there. And I kind of reach like, around dude. And, and I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, what? He's like you. He has no idea there's even an etiquette thing okay, about it. I, I'm not going to aggressively <laughs> slam my chair back. I'm going to like so politely try. Yeah, no. And it's so funny because people are so aggressive on planes too. Like if it wasn't you, and if someone yeah. were to call him out, that he could, they could have gotten in a fist fight. Over I, well, it. Yeah. We, we almost did, and we were good friends. So. I don't even see why people bother. You get what ten degrees of leaning I know, back, and it's ten degrees could make a world of a difference. Be Becky polite. Be yeah, polite. Yeah, I, I love I love that Allie's saying all of my entire five foot three frame. I need that space. It's fantastic. Just, yeah. All right. On the other side, stay with us. Uh, we're going to talk to a Glendale Fire Department uh, Information Officer Ashley Loesch. Stay with us, folks.